0: Welcome to Bold Talk Radio. I am your host, Pat Williams, and thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, As you guys may have been following along today... We're working on episode four in our five-part series with book author Robert A. St. Thomas. He's the author of Riddle of Oz. And so I invite you guys to go back, listen to episode one, two, and three. Uh, It'll give you so much more information and make sense about Mr. St. Thomas' new book, which can be found on Amazon, as well as uh, Barnes and noble's website so listen Robert we left a major cliffhanger on episode three I mean it was getting good we were we were really I mean we were ramping it up so Robert let's let's just jump right into it this evening how are you P- before we begin.
1: Uh, okay. Thank you for having me on the show again. Thank you very much.
0: Wonderful, Robert. Well, listen, I wouldn't have it any other way. I really appreciate you taking out time, and you really've been just kind of unpacking uh, the book, and so many different. And it's so much more, really. I mean, we we really just scratched the surface, wouldn't you agree? Uh, I think so. I think
1: you're absolutely
0: right. Absolutely. Absolutely. if they
1: take time to read it. I think a lot of questions will be. uh, uh, answered, um, especially um, you know situations uh, that involve things like immigration, police brutality, racism, sexism—all those things we, we, we try to cover in, in a um, intelligent manner in in the book. But I appreciate the opportunity speaking with you and your audience.
0: Awesome. Well, Robert, again, the the appreciation is, is mutual and I extend that to you as well. So I'm glad you touched on immigration because that is where our audience, the ones who've been keeping up and listening, know that episode three of our podcast series left off where we were really getting into it real good about immigration and where we left off specifically just to catch the audience up. You were asking me very specifically, whereas, well, Pat, listen, how how is it that you know it, it's, it's sustainable? Uh, if you if you come from Guatemala or Honduras or Mexico and you're making let's say 650 550 750 an hour here how is that sustainable and i gave you a scenario where i said well listen don't forget robert you know they're not coming just by themselves in a little duffel bag they're coming uh, many of the immigrants are coming as families and so when you come as a family i my my position was is that it can be sustainable if you get seven of us In a household and seven of us are making $750 an hour. But now keep in mind, let's say we're working 12 to 18 hours, you know, in a day, and you're doing 750 and you're doing that 750 times seven. I said, listen, don't tell me that you can't sustain off of that. And right before you can really address that, I was being red flagged that we had to wrap the show. So I'm gonna shut up there and let you take the floor on that question.
1: Yeah, I, I do wonder how they're going to sustain that. If <laughs> they're working 12 to 16 hours a day at $7.60 a piece, we, we, we have to account that everybody is supposed to be working. Uh, and, you know, it just it just seems that if you couldn't make it down there with with the with, with, uh, media income, uh, just because you're moving to the United States where, granted, you know, uh, 750 is is, is, is like a million dollars, you know, uh, for some folks. But I saw a cost of living, a cost of living index is so much greater than it is down there. I, I just have problems seeing how uh, immigrants would be able to sustain it without having some sort of assistance that would come from you know, the folks in the United States to to basically allow them to um, sustain, you know, a decent uh, a, yeah, a decent life uh, in the state. I mean these could be the apartments, uh, depending on where you land. I don't know if you go to someplace place like San Diego, uh big metropolitan if it has jobs, it isn't cheap. Um, certainly you can make the case for Arizona where uh, the cost of living is that, but still uh, and the types of money you'd have to generate to you know to maintain things like uh, food, water, utilities, air conditioning, that kind of stuff. it's 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 an interesting problem how that kind of family would would be able to sustain an uh, uh, existence in the United States without undergoing uh, you know, stress. Uh, just financially just trying to make it because I cost of living is so, is so, uh, uh it, see, my, my, my thing was when well, we asked the question, like, why now? Is I, I I'm just concerned <laughs> that this, this is this mass influx of people that suddenly want to come to the United States. Mm-hmm. And of course, folks would say for a better, for a better life, you know, okay, all right, yeah, people want to escape poverty and they're coming here for the American dream, which is you know um, money, house, cars, you know, fairy tale, let they live happily the ever after. But I'm also wondering. I'm also wondering if this migration is not being orchestrated mm-hmm. by individuals who basically want to destroy the United States from within, using the guys that you're giving your arms to immigrants basically show your compassion and um, you know and love for for people who just basically want a better life. Why now? Why now? That, 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 that's that's that that
0: that was your question. But you know what, Robert? Let let me let me as best I know how for the sake of the audience. Uh, try to you know, be their face and ears and, and mouthpiece here, uh, their oracle, if you will, to address your question, because you, you did ask that in the last episode on uh, part three of our series, where you said, well, you know, why now? And I kind of touched on it, but I think I'll, I'll get a little bit more into it for the sake of the audience. And my most humble opinion and estimation, what I believe, and I kind of touched on I said, well, you know, things are looking good economic wise. No one wants to come to, you know, a house that doesn't have food. Let's just be honest. I think if, you know, if our economy was tanking, I mean, the markets tank, but the market really has nothing to do specifically per se, Uh, with our economy, our economy is pretty strong right now. And you have to give credit to where credit is due to, uh, President Trump on that. I know a lot of people want to begrudge him that. Uh, but the realities are you have to extend that, that truth to him, regardless, you know, regardless of your political leanings on it. So let's look at it from that point. Okay. So if, like I said, if I'm a young lady, I'm, I'm got, let's say, maybe a baby and a husband and and we're, you know, kind of in the middle of guerrilla warfare somewhere off in Honduras and I'm somehow catching wind either through social media or some other means of mass communication. And I'm seeing that, hey, you know, President Trump, he's out there. Yes, he may be saying he doesn't want immigrants, but at the same time, you know, he's talking about how great uh, the American economy is right now. And guess what? That's why I brought up, you know, former uh, president of Mexico years back, Vicente Fox, where he was saying, hey, listen, you know, the black people there, the white people there, you know, they don't really want those jobs. don't really want to make $750 an hour because they figure, hey, I can't feed my kids on it, so screw it. So they're looking at it like, hey, I'm sitting back, I'm hearing this stuff. $750 an hour for me and my cousin and my niece and my uncle and my grandpa. Hey, if we all can, you know, pull together, get across that, that wall, and make a strong caravan, heck yeah, why not now? Because now I understand the economy is being told to me. That the economy is good over there, and there's a lot of jobs available. So that's why I think, Robert, to answer your question, just in my own estimation, when you said, well, well why now? It, to me, it makes sense, absolutely, why now?
1: Well, could it possibly be, could it possibly be that, again, as we, have you carry the audience along with the of the book of what we're trying to get across,
2: mm-hmm. we're
1: talking about a thing called a long march through the culture where the enemies of the United States are relentless and using every tactic necessary to basically weaken the foundation of uh, of America. Uh, we said this before the government, the Berlin Wall fell because not because of something about great Western diplomacy, mm-hmm. but the fact that the people of the West gave into ideas of the East They became more more communist in their thinking, okay? Mm-hmm. So the process of getting this country to look Eastern has begun, as we said, in 1933. Now it's escalating. But what I'm saying again, could this immigration issue that we're all angry about also a of this long march where the guy that's president now he threw a monkey wrench into the whole, whole work and he's not supposed to be there he's not supposed to be there the person who's supposed to be president is Hillary Clinton
2: mm-hmm.
1: Hillary Clinton is supposed to be the president to basically turn this country to steer it forever left Okay, when so something occurs where this guy Donald J. Trump is now president. Okay, now in order to do damage control, if you know, if we're going to try and do everything possible to discredit this man. You know, we're going to bring up the fair. We're going to bring up the, the fact that uh, he's been married three times. We're going to bring up the, the fact that he was once a Democrat and now he's Republican. We're going to bring up the fact that, you know, none of this, you know, whether it's the Taj Mahal fell or Trump University fell. Process. In other words, like everything he touches is, 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 is turning to, you know, it, 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 it's not, it, he doesn't have the mind to touch, like, both things. But this guy shouldn't be there. But could it be that this emotional issue, now, is another divisive process, to it, it, it push our country further apart, because they don't want the guy who's president that person, they, don't, they don't want to hear it. So now we bring up these this, 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 this caravans of people that are coming up now. And it's an emotional issue because, oh, I don't want my babies to be left at the border. I want to be separated from their, from their parents. Or how cool this is and so on and so forth. But could this be an organized thought to play on the emotions of people so that you do let immigrants in this country in mass amounts and that the mastermind behind it wants to use the technique of reciprocity on the immigrants in order to gain more political control in the country. What I mean by that is the reciprocity. Thing is we all have been to a restaurant. We've all been to a restaurant where we need a waitress that's very kind, that's very given, that's very attentive, okay? And and usually at the end of the presentation, that's the Food is served or whatever you're going to check. Okay? Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if she puts a smiley face on it and she gives you maybe 10 minutes more than you expect or whatever, human nature is such that you want to reward the fact of kindness with an act of rest. Probably like, so I'll give her a $10 tip versus a $5 tip because she was really nice. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, a good, a, a good waitress knows how to play, play, play the customer like this. Put this deep. By, game, by, by by making a case for the immigrants, you know, bringing them into this country, that in the end what they want is loyalty by way of reciprocity to the people who basically are pulling for them to come to this country. So you a Democrat it.
0: Okay, now, Robert, you let me stop that. you right there, because what, what, what you sound like you're saying to me uh, this evening is that And and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm thinking I'm hearing from you is that there's something a little bit more egregious going on here, uh, that this isn't just, you know, poor souls that are trying to make a better life for you and me in, in terms of, you know, coming over with their families. Uh, but there there's a little bit of a uh, kind of, you, as your book says, the man behind the curtain, there's the wizard of Oz, there's the riddle of Oz, where there's a, a, a higher agenda maybe uh, that That's may well. be manipulating uh, the, the people who are just innocently trying to come over and seek a better life, and and for doing so, as you said, you know, people, just human nature makes us reciprocal. Whether that falls on good or evil, I mean, if you do me bad, it's a strange person, a rare person, who wouldn't return that that evil for evil. And you know, you you've been talking about Jesus, and that's what I think makes Jesus so outstanding. He's like, don't render evil for evil, right? Uh, you know, and so that's you know, because he understands human nature loves to render evil for evil and we love to reward our friends and our homies and our lovers and our children. So I hear what you're saying on that but are you saying to me really that you think that this issue of the caravans and babies at the border all of this is really this orchestrated grand scheme of things, uh, that someone may be behind the curtain pushing buttons here, uh, to get some loyalty down the line for votes, aka the Democratic Party. Do you is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I, I like my dad was saying a long time ago, there are no grand grassroots movements like, like the French Revolution wasn't started by a bunch of frontal French people uh, who didn't know each other that banded together, you know, to storm Bastille and,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, and, and, and overturn uh, it, it, there was somebody behind uh, uh, the Bolshevik revolution, there was somebody behind that, okay uh, the Spanish revolution, was somebody behind that, feminist movement there's somebody behind that black power movement, there's somebody behind
2: that,
1: okay, mm-hmm. so so as as we talked about earlier, that since 1933, we've had these uh, a, these brilliant masterminds that are using pulling every stop out in order to turn America into essentially a <laughs> Eastern Bloc country. Even though the Iron Curtain are falling, you know, the indicative that they're going to try their best to turn this country. Eastern, Eastern bloc, basically, Eastern bloc countries, and and they're winning the war in doing it because they are um, just just slowly and surely going after all our um, all our uh, permanent institutions and corrupting it. And then we're doing then then things are happening right before our eyes that we don't realize what's happening. Now, you mentioned a point about yeah, you have somebody down in Guatemala that's that yeah, the other, who suddenly. I hear some broadcasts that the economy is just booming in America, and you need to go there, okay?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you know, just people on the impression, well, where'd they get a TV at? I mean, to that poor? where did they get a TV at? Or, 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 or where, where'd they get this information that they, that they should basically make the they correct Up to the United States to basically take advantage of these financial situations that exist there. And I'm saying that this this this, this, this this, this mass caravan type stuff is there's somebody masterminding it, you know, getting people to believe that, hey, look, let's leave all this behind, let's get to the United States, uh, you know, make sure you bring your babies now, make sure you bring your babies, make sure you bring the most pitiful individual you can besides the baby with you, because so when these people meet you at the border, you'll play on their humanity and take them in. But the people on are the, are the other side of the Rio Grande you know, your democrats just saying, Hey, look, we fought for you, you know, we nobody else thought about your humanity. Come on in, you know, we'll take care of you. But when you do get here and you do and your numbers do increase as you, you know, make more babies and such, don't forget us. Don't forget because you're the ones that were fighting for so i saying down in Central America there was somebody that instigated it. And there was somebody up here that basically was going to be the, 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 the you know, where, where, where people would open up. So, yes, I do think that something um, more egregious has gone on. That's why I asked the question, why now? Why now? Why did I see this, Why didn't I see this? say, like, in the 60s when the, when the economy really was booming? Really was booming. Why did you see this Well, well,
0: well you know you know what Robert let, let me jump in and, and, and say because I'm gonna actually address that I think you you have to also keep in mind too now you were around in the 60s I, I didn't I didn't get here until the 1970s but uh, from just you know my, my parents thank God they're still with us and and I have relatives who were all you know, At that time, I think, but just even knowing history uh, and being a student of history, I think the reason why, I mean, shucks, America itself was in complete upheaval during the 1960s. And I know that you touch on that in the book as well. Uh, there was a m- much upheaval when you're dealing with the civil rights and you're dealing with a women's liberation and, and and these sorts of things and then there was Vietnam so again I think the reason why we may not have seen it at those times with the caravans coming in droves maybe in the 60s I mean then it was a few years you know where you had Martin Luther King he was assassinated Malcolm X was assassinated uh, JFK John F uh, you know yeah. right Third JFK North. was right his the brother North. Robert was assassinated so there was a a lot of upheaval. And remember when I was saying something earlier, I'm like, in the last episode, most people don't want to come to your house if you don't have any food or if the house is burning down. So I think that would explain why the caravans didn't get going in the well, 60s. That's, that's,
1: that's the point that there was so much social upheaval that there was too scared to come up here. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, again, I'm sort of, you know, being hard headed about this why now, because the end of the <laughs> 60s would have, been, would have been the time that you would have made that move. It would have been the time that you would have made that move. For instance, the Depression ended, not by FDR, the Depression ended in the 50s and the 60s, okay? It ended when folks had money now to spend on housing and the money that went into housing and things. That's the officially end the Depression. We could say in the 60s when we were booming when people had money and we, people were moving into the, the suburbs to get away from blacks. White flight.
2: So mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know, I, 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 That would have been cool, move I would have made uh, to come here where it would have been dirt sheets delivered a the place, from like Texas um, or Mexico. It would have been, great, and I don't really think people would have, would have, would have, would have cared a because you know, <laughs> there was so much prosperity
0: going on in the 60s. But let me ask it's you this, though, Robert. Care. Why do you think people care now? Because see, you're you're raising a point. If prosperity, uh, you know, if it mentioned back in the '60s. Let's fast forward because we we've had waves of downturn and we've had waves of prosperity. Uh, I mean, even since I've been on the planet, I know that in the '70s, you know, it was a downturn in the economy. Reagan era kicked in. It was boomtown rats at that point. I mean, money was just flowing, and then there was the downturn under uh, the late George H. W., who has just recently passed uh-huh. on, and then we had an. Other upswing again right under Bill Clinton's administration and then it went down. So you see what I'm saying? So we've had waves of prosperity. So my question to you is, because you like you said, you're really kind of stuck on that and I'm glad that you're kind of stuck there as why now? And I think I'm a little stuck there for my audience sake is why not now? Because now seems to be a good time under Trump to say, hey, listen, guess what? There's jobs, there's money to be made. Let's let's do it. Now I hear your argument that it may be someone, you know, manipulating the marionettes behind the scenes, but let's just strip it down to the the common person. I'm pretty sure that you know, if if there's a family, if there's a a, a, a Guatemalan family, and they're coming here uh, through Mexico and through the caravan, I mean, do you think they really even care about that? All they care about is, hey, I'm in a place that's safe, uh, that I can feed my kids, uh, and and that I can have a better life.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with better life thing. I think all people with any humanity in their heart want that for or just about anybody that you're coming to be decent citizens of, of this country. I, I ideally do it correctly, come as a, you know, do the five year thing, do the, you know, the uh, testing, the swearing in, you know, the thing, the again, you know and all that kind of stuff the way a legal citizen, a legal, uh, you know, the, the legal process to do it. I, I have no problem with that. Again, i I, I suspicious that this is one of these the long march techniques to basically divide the country up by using, it's playing on the emotions of other people, okay, that-
0: But Robert, why not? And I'm thinking- But Robert, why not? Why not in this instance, play on people's emotions and here what I'm basically saying is this unless I'm a Republican and I hate Hillary and I hate the Obamas and I can't stand the Democratic Party and I hate Chuck Schumer and I hate Nancy Pelosi I mean unless I'm a person coming from that stripe then I could see why this would be a, 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 an upheaval of hey you know we got to kind of watch these people all crash in the party at, you know, at the border because here's the deal we don't want these people to get over here and next thing you know the Democratic are in, in, in power for the next 20, 30 years. If I'm that person, then yeah, I care about that. But if I'm not that person, then why not be in touch with the humanity? And as you mentioned, the emotionalism of saying, hey, that's just a family that wants a better life. I mean, it, unless there's a political aspect to it, why would that be a problem? I guess that's the, the issue that I want to present to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I still think that what the master plan behind this is that you, we're going to invite more and more people in math into this country, and you know, sort of bend the rules because we're they're playing with our emotions. Okay.
0: So, are you are you more concerned that the rules are being bent, or are you more concerned about okay, what what will be the 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 fallout or the aftermath of once the people somewhat get assimilated? into American yeah, yeah, culture
1: that, yeah that's that, yeah I, I don't think I don't think that um, it will turn out to be criminals um, you know or does that type of image? I don't think that'll do that but I think what will happen is that these people will be loyal to those who they felt treated them with the most humanity and dignity and it appears at this point to be,
0: the Democrats, okay, but what's wrong not, with that, though, Robert?
1: They're going, they're going, to, they're going to exploit those people. Okay? They're going to take money off those people. They ain't coming to this country free. Somewhere along the line, when they get here and make money, people, you know, the Democrats will go after their money. Okay,
0: that's, that's basically it. But why would we Why would we be concerned about that as citizens? I, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of pressing you on this, because I'm doing it because I can only imagine my audience is, is thinking the same thing. Why would it matter to Pat and Robert, if, let's say, uh, Maria and, and and Jose came with their family and they're making, you know, they swear allegiance forever in a day to the Democratic Party and the, and the Democrats say, hey, we're going to make money off you. How, how would that affect Robert and Pat, who are, you know, we were born here. We are already citizens and we're living the best life we can. Yeah, well, again, uh, you're
1: dealing with the situation of, Individuals that may, (laughs) that come here as immigrants may ultimately have more power than you who've been here for, you know, 70, 80, or 90 years. Okay? That's what we're talking about. That said, that if you're lot from the the way I envision this, this, what's being masterminded, that you bring people into this country, okay, in mass, illegally. And the, the people doing it, you know, basically, you know, come on over, we got you, we got you, we got you, you. I believe there will be a loyalty to these people who basically have an agenda against, not not talking about the the illegals, I'm talking about the folks running the country, Mm -hmm. who have an agenda, who have an agenda against conservative. Christians
0: now. It's all, it's all about getting- now, Robert, you're saying it. That's what I've been trying to get you to really tie that in. And that's why I was pressing you. So now you're really hitting what I've been wanting you to say within the last three minutes. So from a person who have, like I said, have a political investment political stock in seeing conservative, Christian, or Republican values to continue to blossom and and grow and flow in our country, then that's why I say, yeah, I can see that being an issue of concern. But if you're not of that stripe, I mean, personally, I'll tell you, I'm an independent. I'm neither Democrat or Republican. But, like, for me, myself, as an independent, I figure, like, okay, I don't care about that. So now you're getting to what I see where you're going. A person—so so now, is that the real reason why uh, Trump's base is very dogged and staunch about him build that I believe, wall? I, 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 I believe so. I believe so. I think that,
1: that's what it's about now. Certainly— the way the perception is, if people are cold, uh, they're talented, they don't care, that's the media's perception. And, and, and the average person, so basically will take the high moral ground, you know, and feel, you know, I would never do anything like that. And they're falling into this trap um, that has been set so that you will turn away from. People who are basically saying, wait a minute, What we're trying to do is just establish America and maintain fundamental American values. Okay, but if you re- if we're dealing with um, a party in, a- in the nation who are opposing that, and then you're inviting people into the country who are going to support them, then yes, yeah, these people will then be in control. I'll, I'll God knows how long. Okay, well, yes, see,
0: Robert, God, well, that, th- Robert, that, that's it right there. And you know the reason why people think it's callous and the reason why I kept pulling on you? Because guess what? To, to a mind, let's say like my mind, I, I'm an independent voter. So to my mind, it doesn't make sense. And it is coming across callous, but it, it comes across very strategic when I understand what people won't say. And I think a lot of times people won't say, most times, not you, but but I'm talking about just what we're seeing playing out in the media, I think a lot of times people are not saying what they're what their end goal or what they're what they're really trying to get after, and what they're really trying to get after is guess what? Hey, listen, it's not about Maria and Jose coming over here per se. It's just the idea that this kind of throws a monkey wrench into my ambitions or my vision of America, kind of staying the course of conservative, Christian, Republican values, traditional values. Because whereas Maria and Jose, they themselves may be conservative and Christian. And that was the point I was bringing out earlier. Most of those people, they are Roman Catholics. They are very much about family and and, and traditional values. So, but here's the deal. Once the Democrats do all of this outpouring and outreach, you know, for them, you're absolutely right then guess what? My vote's going to be forever sworn to that party. Now, if that party is out here saying, hey, listen, you can light your bra and panties on fire in the middle of the street and let your tatas knock in front of everybody, that's just going to be the end result. So that makes sense to me. And I think that's why people Robert are looking at the the Trump base as being callous because the Trump base is not really saying what they want to say. is, guess what? It's not about Maria and Jose. We're not racist against them. We just don't like the idea that the Democrats will reap the benefits of showing benevolence to these people. That that's is what correct. needs to be said.
1: That's, that's correct. That's correct. That's, that's the little that's a little underhanded, you know, ploy that they're doing to get what they want. That's exactly right. They don't care who they use to stay in popular, that that's what they're doing. Huh? Uh, you there's independence, you can see that same sort of thinking has been applied to black people, okay? I like mentioned earlier, one of my thoughts once upon a time blacks were very conservative Republican, staunch church going people and something happened. Something happened, okay? Uh, and slowly but surely, Lyndon Johnson showed up. And then we basically, you know, sort of changed our our character. We started following the trinket, so to speak, the program, the people that that supposedly were we're going to uplift us and we're going to be equal and treated mm-hmm. fairly. So we, we felt we felt for that that Bengali Act, and and, and it, it's no wonder why blacks can't break the mold of of, of of you know voting democratic because they feel like you know these people who are so good to it you got to give them that reciprocity yeah
0: but do we really feel that the democrats are being let's jump on the black thing robert because i've got a theory and just bear with me to put this to you uh on the table here i've talked to so many blacks who vote democrat i mean it's like clockwork i mean they vote straight party ticket here and and here's what I find that's so unique about black people. Our people here is that most of them will be very honest to say, Hey, I I think the Democrats suck just as much as the Republicans. They're all against us. But then when I put the question to them and said, well, then what in the world? Why in the heck are you so into voting Democrat? And do you know what most black people tell me? That's like Democrat do or die. They'll say, well, you know what? Here's the deal. At least the Democrats you know, at least show some favor to us. At least they don't just come out and act like they just completely hate us or completely anno- uh, or just totally ignore us. And this is where I feel that the Republican Party is, is really not capitalizing on really the black community and the vote. Our people used to be Republican, but I think what has happened with the Republican Party, it became not just the quote white man's party, it became the rich man's party. And there's something about wealth that make you a little aloof right and a little distant from the poor and those who who need help and i think what has happened to the black community just want to throw this on the table for you is that i don't think that black people are that loyal to the democrat party not because we find that these people have been good to us just to kind of you know speak that to you i just think it's just the idea like well hey this these guys are the lesser uh, of the two evils I mean the Democrats they suck a little bit less than Republicans because at least these people will show up to our church and do like Hillary and pull out a bottle of hot sauce and put it on greens and play saxophone like her husband do you understand what I'm saying the Democratic Party have learned how to at least
2: pander Pander. 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 right they've
0: learned how to pander to black let's use your term emotionalism. And there's something about black people, and I think I can say this, both, both of us are black. I think we both can agree with this. And if anybody's black listening, if you be honest, I think we can all agree with this as black people. We are an emotional people. And that means and that's nothing bad. I think it's beautiful. We are a very spiritual people. So we tend to gravitate towards those that tap into that Deep spiritual, like you said, that super ego, that emotional side of us. And that's who we'll tend to say, okay, I'll put my money on that show, pony. But I don't think that it's so. I, I think if a better party came along and really did something for Black people, I think Black people would drop the Democrat ticket like in a heartbeat. Oh,
1: yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. If, 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 that 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 party came along, but unfortunately I don't think a third party will come along that will I mean you're independent, let's say, okay. That that would be the way to go. I mean, uh if someone asked what would Jesus' position be, would he be extremes or whatever? He'd be just the way he was between the two feet, he'd be right in the middle, he'd be a moderate if okay?
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think. Okay. And what the Right. He would not be a socialist or did it not that become a other words, his position would be right in the middle. He wouldn't be totaler on anything because, you know, you you know, I mean that wasn't that the way he was with the woman that he brought know, mm-hmm. that a stone who was caught mm-hmm. adultery. I mean he, you know, I mean, he, you know he, he, took the, he took the middle road, but Okay, you know, look, don't, don't do this anymore, go, go not your way, okay?
0: Right. Go and uh, sin no more. But,
1: That's right. So, you're right. I agree with you. The middle road is the way to go. I I agree with you 100%. I think, in terms of power in this country, it's disastrous because, you know, you you split votes, you know, then then that gets to be accomplished. But I would agree with the theory that if something came along, uh, for instance, if we get back to like a complete free market enterprise as opposed to capital, then people would jump all over it, you know. But we're so fearful of, of changing our ways about things that, right, that's why the status quo stays the way it is. Uh, I, I, I do agree with you that the pandering of, of, of the Democrats does appeal to the emotions uh, of black people. But I'm glad you brought that out. Because maybe that's the thing that black people need to hear that, again, you have people that are surprising you up and you don't even realize what they're doing to gain the benefit of you. I mean, that's what basically marketing is all about. Playing on your emotions and
2: that's mm-hmm. what these
1: people are doing. Do these people care anything about you? Uh, you know, the great theme of, at the end of the day? Probably not, but <laughs> as long as you give them folks to stay where they're at and enjoy this thing called power, and they're going to use anybody that they can in order to enjoy power, you know. Uh, but I like what you saying. if black people truly understand that, again, they're being, they're, they're being, they're, they're part of a marketing ploy, and they're, they're sit down and discuss it amongst each other, that maybe they become a little more rational with um, their approach on, 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 on these political matters as opposed to, well, this feels this way, I'm going to vote this way. I mean,
0: Hillary, I mean, you, know, you know, know, know what, Robert, I, that was one of the biggest turnoffs ever to me is when I saw Miss Hillary do that, Miss Madam Secretary of State, when she did that on the campaign trail. And to me, it was just so. um, I I, I mean, it it was just so me. It was just so condescending. And I'm not saying that Hillary necessarily meant that. She may have meant it as just a joke and just to, you know, kind of, you know, show, hey guys, I'm cool, I'm hip, I'm down with the with the new stuff. And that's why I think she kind of was coming off as just on a personal tip. I'll say that. But yet and still, it's just it was just a turnoff to me. But but let me let me say something else to you, Robert. I'm going to give you a quote recently. Uh, Mia Love uh, the former senator and I, I can't I think it was Utah I think that's where she was and uh-huh, she recently uh-huh, lost yeah, Utah, Utah, Utah right uh-huh. and she recently lost her, her re-election bid we know that just last month in uh, early November and Trump had some words for her but she came back and had some words for Trump and I'm going to paraphrase her quote but I, it, it moved me because I said now this, this lady she gets it this girl gets it Mia Love she addressed, you know, her, of course, the media. And she says, listen, she says, I feel that the Republican party is missing a great opportunity with my community, with the black community. And she says, here's why she says, Trump and today's moderate, modern, I'm sorry, sorry, modern Republican party. She says they look at the black community as transactional. So when you see Kanye in the office and he's talking about prison reform and and that sort of stuff, it's very transactional. And she says, and you never get the feeling being a black person in America, at least not speaking of the, the current modern Republican Party, you never get the sense or the sensing that they're willing to take you home. And she said, and at least the Democrats, the Democratic Party has been able to tap into that, that they at least present, we're not here just to be transactional with you, where we have this cold stare, hard handshake, but we're willing at least to take you into our home, if not into our heart. I thought that was so moving and poignant. And Robert, that's my question because I I know that you are a a strong conservative and I'm an independent, but I definitely lean more conservative. But that's my question to you. Why isn't the Republican Party capitalizing off of, there's this need, there's this hunger, there's this void. And I think if they could be a little less transactional, as Mia Love said, and become like, hey, listen, let's really show the humanity. I think, why why isn't the Republican Party doing that?
1: I like what you said earlier about the Republican Party, actually, the Democratic Party, too, has then become, um, you know, parties of rich people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that's the that They distance themselves from people. They believe that, you well, know, I've done this by the sweat of my brow, my own hard work, that type of stuff. And probably maybe what the blacks are seeing in the mid they see this disrespect that uh, you are not where I'm at because you didn't put forth this effort, you know, or maybe you didn't have, you know, the IQ that I have. But I, I agree with you that there is this, um, this elitism type thing that is going on, um, with them. And yes, that does turn, turn people, especially black people off. But at the same token, um, you know, the, the Democratic Party is basically just using people for a, a their own agenda. I agree. I'm still, I I agree to you that. If, if a third party can come along and just be honest and straightforward and pure, that would work. But you have these egos uh, that happen to be, you know, predominantly white who are basically. Uh, uh vying for the ultimate power uh politically in this in this country. And it, it appears that with the Democratic Party, their way of attracting um the masses to support them is with the emotional point of view, uh the Republican seems to respect those who basically follow this path in a sense of guy works real hard, studies real hard, self sacrificing self man, it seems to be that that's the type of person that they that they seem to um, expect more.
0: Yes, okay? but Robert, let me that's ask so. you a question though. But but you see where I what what I really want you to speak to is what about the golden opportunity that the Republican Party I feel is letting slip away. Because here's what I'm what I really want to say is this. I think if the Republican Party would say, listen, we're missing, we've got a golden ticket, a golden goose, who's ready to lay a golden egg. And we know that even now, things are shifting in the black community, but yet and still, a great deal of the black community definitely swings more conservative in their moral values, and their religious beliefs, and even many times politically, so and financially. So you know what I'm saying? So why is it? And I hear what you're saying about, you know, the, the rich man's party. I mentioned that. But here's what I'm saying, because I think the Republican conservatives, they're they're concerned about, like I said, the, the, the influx of immigrants and particularly uh, the, the immigrants that's coming from Latin America, Mexico, that sort of stuff. OK, uh, but Haiti, you can throw them in there as well. Uh, those that are coming from the Middle East. So there seems to be this this you know very uh, this deep paranoia about the the darker immigrants coming to America, and I get it. I don't necessarily think it's racially driven as much. I think there's a tinge of that in there, to be completely honest. But I don't think it's completely racial. I think, as you said earlier, that it's it's more of a political fear of hey. If you you know the Democrats are going gangbusters trying to extend all of this love and emotionalism to all these people of color, but they're gonna be forever loyal. But here's the thing about the Republican Party: if you guys yeah. would fascinate on the black community
2: and begin to
0: extend that golden you know opportunity, yeah. you wouldn't have yeah. to worry about that. Black people, we've shown we're pretty loyal if you if you show us just even a little touch that you care and i think that's what mia love was trying to say is that my god guys snap out of it at least chuck schumer and and at least nancy pelosi they get it they're gonna work with a maxine waters they're gonna work with uh, a, a representative uh a john lewis you guys are always standing so far off and looking so pristine and i think why isn't the republican party saying you know what we are going to have to make some changes and reach out to this black community. Why hasn't it happened?
1: Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I, I, I think fundamentally, it's a, I don't think they trust black people. I think mm. they you know, mm. I don't I think fundamentally dis trust black
0: people I think that where um, would the distrust you know, come in though where, where would this distrust be you know where, 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 where how would that and I, and I I'm not saying I disagree with you I actually really agree with you
1: it's something you, you had mentioned something uh, uh, the other day that sounds like sounds obtuse but I think it was get in here. Uh, issues about things like uh, uh, what should we call ourselves in this country? Should we call us African-American or should we be mm-hmm. just Americans who happen to be Black? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, to me, I get a sense with Republicans and it may be their fault, it may be their fault but I get the impression that most Blacks feel that this is not their country oh. so and Republican technically means a defender of the republic. A defender of the republic, of the Republicanism. So, almost it seems like they're engaging with people—talking about our people, black people—who don't feel like they're American they feel like they're minorities. Okay, they feel like minorities, but not people who would defend the republic. Mm. Okay, so they would—they they would be a a more logical fit with the, with the Democrats get the illusion that they're about this country, but fundamentally, they're, they're kind of contrary to the fundamental ways of this country. They're, 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 they're contrary to it. But so black, you see what I'm saying? In other words, That's such deep. I, I think it might be, yeah, they're, they're not seen as, as black people are comfortable being minorities and having people cater to their minorities, okay, as opposed to, hey, this is my country, my... My ancestors for blood, sweat, tears. We got all kind of sweat equity in this country mm-hmm. and this is the way I wanna run it, okay? I want I I, I want it to say who comes to this country or not, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, and 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 I don't get a sense that blacks feel that this is their country and could take a stand and say, Hey look, no, I'm not really happy about mass immigration into my country. Okay? More or less, will compromise and say, "Well, you know, this country is for everybody." My people were immigrants once upon a time, which is not true.
0: Mm-hmm. No black. Mm-hmm. black people are kids such. Were cowboys. slaves, right? They were slaves, so, right? Let's be that's plain that's about in that. In but Robert, l- let me ask you because we've got about another thirteen minutes to go before I start getting the red flag here. Let me ask you though. Now, and, and I, I so agree with that. I mean, that's gosh, that's that's very. Uh, what you're saying is poignant and it's beyond poignant. I mean, it's it's actually getting into levels of brilliance because I've never heard it articulated in that way, uh, how blacks may be perceived and distrusted by the Republican Party. But let me ask you this, that could this explain why Donald Trump, President Trump, base When about a year ago, now we're going on almost into two years, but in 2017, when you had uh, the situation where he says, listen, you know, you want to tell those SOBs in the NFL, you know, you're fired, you know. And he was talking about, of course, the uh, take a knee, which we know was started by Colin Kaepernick, who, by the way, is a biracial fellow. So, I mean, that's a whole other can of discussion there. Um, But yet and still, he is a man of color yet and still he is partial partially black and we I'm gonna have a discussion on that another time another show but do do you feel that that sort of thing is what is lending itself to uh Republican Party saying listen this is why we don't trust black people because black people don't even love our flag they don't even like the the old red white and blue old glory do you think some of that is playing into this distrust
1: Oh, oh, without question. Without question. I, I agree with that. That, that, that's part of that distrust too. Again, the Republican is a defender of the Republican, but, uh, the X 49 ers you know, I'm a 49er fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin, Colin college, college was protesting, that had nothing to do with the flag or the troops or anything like that. He was protesting police brutality mm-hmm. at the, 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 the contradictions of our laws. Right. Um, stuff that you brought up earlier, we talked about with the police, you know, where somebody, the police appear to have a license to kill, you kill somebody, if you give a reasonable explanation, then you're basically let off with, you know, full time, you a know, uh, stress holiday or whatever, and the family has to deal with burying the body, so on and so forth. So, but that is what's been blown out of proportion, is that they feel that a guy like Kaepernick or the NFL player are they they don't see themselves as Americans mm-hmm. but people that would would would, would turn against America.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So so yeah, I do agree with you. I think that is the, the root cause of it is that uh, because, of, because black Americans haven't really will they haven't really uh, claim their stake as American, you get the impression that they're more comfortable calling themselves minorities in America as opposed to in my country. And but, but why is, is that, country. Robert?
0: Why, why is that? Because we're kind of, the conversation's kind of coming full circle. Why is it? And, and let's just call, let's get on down to it and call a spade a spade. Could it be and I'm not saying I agree with this, I'm, I'm very much pro-stand for the anthem, even though I'm an independent. Uh, I, I, uh-huh. To me, let me just kind of sidebar and say this about Colin Kaepernick, I didn't have a problem with his, um, his protest per se, because I understood, like you say, what it, was, what it was gunning after. But what kind of messed that up for me with Colin Kaepernick is when he wore the pig socks and the pig in a cop yeah. uniform. And yeah. that to me, I yeah. says, oh no. Okay, that's a bad deal there. Because now what you're doing is you're promoting something that that's not bringing about a healing that's bringing about more div- divisiveness, and that's when I said, okay, I have to kind of step back from the, the Kaepernick uh, ideology. I mean, I just I, I can't square those two things because you're, you're saying in one one you know language, hey, listen, America's not you know living up to its full potential, its full values. We all know that it's a work in progress, like we all are. Um, and the people, like I say, we make up. The the nation. So we're all a work in progress. I get that, but then when you wear something that's divisive, you know, socks at training, saying, "Hey, I'm showing little piggies running around in, you know, old school cop hats and you know, batons." That right there is divisive. But but let me ask you this, Robert, just to go full Uh circle. Uh Do you think that this disconnect from black people feeling? Un American or not American? Do you think it's because of the Black community's history here in America? I mean, it hasn't been a pretty one overall. I mean, if you have, I mean, there's been beautiful highlights for sure, and there's been, you know, positive turns and positive change. But overall, if you look at it, it is kind of it's kind of checkered, you know, it's kind of checkered when you go back to slavery and then you go back to Jim Crow and the reconstruction era. And then, you know, you've got these, you know, this this stuff supposedly called the Willie Lynch syndrome. And then you get into, you know, segregation, then you get into the civil rights and then you get into, now we're dealing with police brutality. So do, do we blame a people for having somewhat of a disconnect? Or as a country, should we all black, white, and everybody in between try to rally behind this community and say, listen, we do have better angels, guys. No, we can't change the past, but man, we sure got today. Do do you understand what I'm saying? And that's where I feel the Republican Party is dropping the ball. Instead of being distrustful and distrusting of the black community, rally this community and show your better angels to them. That's the way you break that distrust.
1: I agree to 100%, and you've asked me, oh, on um, one of our episodes, who this book written for, and I said if there was two people I could sit down and discuss this, it would be black men and white Christian conservatives. Yep. That's it. Because what you, the point you're bringing up is what I've also tried to bring up in the book, and that is, I think these people need to understand. You know, get through all of this together, but I think you understand that uh, in order for you to elevate yourself to your ideal self, you have to you have to break away from these fears and, and 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 superstitions and perceptions of other people, and come down there and discuss and talk with people, bring dialogue. What do you say? Acquaintance, talk with friendship. Okay, if you get to know people, become mm-hmm. friends. That 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 either that he's so So why you need to understand where this stuff has come from? And there's a the term I use, I use a term, um, ethno-genetic determinism, and it like a big fancy word, but I actually borrowed it from a professor at Long Beach State, a guy Kevin McDonald, mm-hmm. who's basically trying to explain, was trying to explain why racial groups behave the way they do. And the problem basically basically fear-based. Basically, fear-based, but when a group feels threatened, a group feels threatened like, uh, uh, you know, if they're women, if they feel like their women are going to be taken away from us, their lands are going to be taken away from it. they go into the sort of, like, uh, defense groups where they basically do whatever they can to subdue uh, uh, or limit the target group that they have the most fear of, okay? So they need to understand that, right, in order to live with people in a multiracial society that, that you know, it is what it is. These people are not going away. But the best way of going about uh, living in harmony and peace with your neighbor is to basically interact with people, discuss things, and get to know them better. Get to know them better. I mean, um, I, when I was a student, I went away to Nebraska for college. I became a big red... Cornhusker fan. I went to Great University, but the University of Nebraska is a big school, still is. Uh, and when we got there, uh, one of the best ways of breaking the ice and starting conversations with people and really connecting with people is to about football. Just talk about
2: Cornhusker
1: football. I, I did the same thing. I'm a big fan of Notre Dame, and uh, when I would fly to Chicago to go to Notre Dame game. Same thing, if you could just talk about Notre Dame football, the Rock, the Air Force, whatever, you, you, you just bonded with the people. The people looked at you a little bit differently. You, you connected with people. Um, we, 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 we you know, one of the problems with this information age we got with us, we, we, we I mean, there's a disconnect at all. People just don't talk to each other anymore. You know,
0: they just don't right. talk to each other. Robert, you know, i got to stop what's you. Robert, I got to stop you. I'm being red flagged here. Oh, my God. So, listen, we know that we're going to pick this up in episode five, in part five. So, we're going to be going five, uh, part five of our five-part series. Robert, please tell our audience where they can get the book, if you can reiterate that once more.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, The Riddle of Oz can be found at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. Uh, it's available for free order. You can probably get the book probably at the first of the year. Amazon.com as far
0: as the notes. Awesome. And the book is Riddle of Oz. And thank you guys so much for tuning in to Bolt Talk Radio this evening. We've had as our wonderful guest Mr. Robert A. St. Thomas. And until next time, I'll see you. <laughs>